0: Tiki Hut Media. From Tiki Hut Media, this is Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Hey there, I'm Jerry. Welcome into Soul Ramblings. I'm the lay minister over at Manatee Life Church in Bradenton, Florida. And today we're going to head back over to the sanctuary to talk about worry, a universal thing. It's as much a part of life as breathing. Yet Jesus said, don't, don't worry. It's easier said than done. Today we began a three-part series exploring all that Jesus had to say about worry and we'll discover where worry comes from, why it's so difficult to overcome, and what we can do to conquer it. That's coming up here in the next couple of minutes. Before we do that, I recently finished a book about building habits in your life that move you from where you are to where you wanna be. And the author challenges people to make easy, achievable, repeatable habits in order to grow. The key is to grow a little bit every day. One insight really stuck out to me. When thinking about a habit, any habit, saving money, running, reading a book, praying, whatever it is, the key is to do it especially on those days when you don't feel like it. Skipping a day is worse than having a bad day. In other words, running a mile at your slowest ever pace is better than doing nothing at all. In a certain way, a bad day helps you more than a good day. Later, I was reading a letter Paul writes to his much younger protege, Timothy. It's 1 Timothy 4.15, and that's where he writes, Practice these things and live by them so that your progress will be visible to all. Practice what? Well, he's talking about practicing faith. Practice using the gift God gave you. Practice serving or learning, praying or reading. Practice giving up old habits and starting new ones. Practice. Well, the idea is pretty simple. Faith isn't a thing you just have or don't have. It's a thing that you have to practice daily. And like anything, there will be days you feel like it and days you don't. Days when connecting with God feels natural and days when it feels forced. But like any habit, the challenge is to especially stay connected on those difficult days and during those difficult seasons. When it isn't easy is when we can learn the most change the most and grow the most now the past year has been a difficult season of life for so many of us and thank you to all of you who have kept practicing faith through worship prayer learning or serving and if that habit has fallen away don't feel bad just remember there is never a better day than today to start new habits that move us in a new direction all right let's head over to the sanctuary for our first of three sermons on why worry God's word for today our scripture lesson for the morning comes to us from Matthew's gospel the sixth chapter starting with the 24th verse hear the word of the Lord no one can serve two masters for a slave will either hate the one and love the other or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of more value than they? And can any of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your span of life? And why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon, in all his glory, was not clothed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Therefore, do not worry, saying, What will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear? For it is the Gentiles who strive for all these things. And indeed, your heavenly Father knows that you need all those things. But strive first for the kingdom of God and his righteousness, And all these things will be given to you as well. So do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring worries of its own. Today's trouble is enough for today. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Good and gracious God, as we gather this morning to worship and honor you, Would you speak to our hearts? Would you make your presence evidently known among us this morning? And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of these, our hearts, be pleasing and acceptable to you. O Lord, our rock, our strength, and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Young couple in their 20s. Been married a couple of years. They discovered a miracle. They're going to have their first baby. And oh, they're in their early 20s. They have no idea of the changes that are coming. As we say in Tennessee, bless their hearts. Baby comes. Mother done with maternity leave back to working full time but babies i I've, I've never understood the phrase i slept like a baby all night no i slept well last night i was not up every 30 minutes screaming which is what the infant was doing up all night screaming crying as babies do the father the husband Concerned about this and worried about this, although, interestingly enough, not worried enough to go up and see, get up and see by himself, would wake his wife. Honey, honey, the, the baby's crying. Something must be wrong. Go see what's making the baby cry. After weeks and weeks of this, still working 40 hours a week and not getting much sleep during the night, the haggard young mother, was at work one day, sleepy, tired, exhausted. One of her co-workers suggested a book tour on baby massage, where you massage the baby's temples and the shoulders and the knees and the feet, and the baby drifts off into a deep, deep sleep. She tried it a couple of times, and it worked. It worked. The baby was sleeping through the entire night. Not a peep. The worrisome husband, father, in the middle of the night, two, three o'clock in the morning, wakes up, looks around, shakes his wife awake and says, Honey, go see why the baby's not crying. Something must be wrong. Constant worry constant worry. And I think we relate to this because we all worry about things, don't we? No matter the circumstance. And that's what we're going to do for the next three weeks starting today. We're going to talk about worry. It's a good topic because all of us have worried about something. Maybe we come to church this morning and we're worried today. Now, there are different kinds of people and there are different kinds of worry. And as I began to study for this series, there was one book in particular that I found. It's by Andy Stanley, and it's called Why Worry, which was the motivation for the title of this series, Why Worry. There's also all kinds of, if you do a Google search, you'll find all sorts of articles on the internet, blog posts, and that sort of thing about worry and stress and anxiety. You search Amazon for books on it, the list is endless. You look at magazine articles, there's a bunch of them out there about stress and worry. And I think the reason so many things have been written about stress and anxiety and worry is because this stuff sells. And the reason this stuff sells is because so many people are worried about so many things. I mean, we have chores to fulfill. We have work to be done, bills to be paid, appointments to be kept. Sometimes we're burdened by anxiety about our friends and family. At other times, concerns just seem to overwhelm us. And we're like that dad Things are going along great. Oh, what's wrong? The baby's not making any noise. Something must be wrong. Oh, we're big into self-help. There's a lot of self-help books about worry and stress and anxiety. Countless TV shows. It amazes me how we may be stressed and worried and full of anxiety. So we turn on the TV, maybe something to take our minds off things. What do we watch? shows where other people are telling us their problems. And then you see, oh, well, I'm, I'm worried about my health and my weight. Well, here's this new solution for $14.95 a month. You too can get rid of all of your weight loss worries. For especially us men. And we get a, I know the older I get, the more of my forehead I'm beginning to see every day. Worried about that baldness? Not a problem. You don't have to suffer anymore. Just buy this product and all your worries will be over. So I thought worry would be a good thing for us to talk about for a couple of weeks. Now, to get us all started, get us all thinking the same way, I want to ask you three questions. You don't have to answer these, just answer these internally. The first question is this. You ready? Jesus asked us this question in our scripture passage. Who of you, by worrying, can add a single hour to your life? In other words, who by worrying extends your life? Second question. Who of you have worried or are worried so much that you may have actually taken a year or so off of your life expectancy? And third question, and this this gets a little bit more complicated, kind of sets us up for where we're going this morning. Will worrying contribute to the thing that you value most in life? Will worrying contribute to the thing that you value most in life. So I would say, if you're like me, the answer to those three questions, no, it doesn't add a single hour to my life. Probably has shaved some time off my life expectancy. And my worry has not contributed anything. So, If worrying doesn't extend my life, if worrying has the potential to shorten my life, actually, and it doesn't enhance or make better something that I consider most important, why in the world would I worry? Doesn't make any sense, does it? What Jesus seems to be saying here in Matthew 6 is that the things that you are most devoted to are the things that will determine what you worry about the things that you're most devoted to fuel the things and parallel the things or thing that you worry about the most in other words the thing that you worry about the most is the thing you are most devoted to the thing you are most devoted to will determine what you worry about so here's a question what if what if we shifted our devotion if that emotion of worry Is related to what I'm devoted to. What if I shifted my devotion? What would happen to that worry? So Jesus starts out in verse 24 of Matthew 6. Interesting that he starts out talking about money. Poll, when I was doing research in preparation for this morning, I found a poll that said some 70% of Americans, of adult Americans, consider money to be their number one concern and worry. They're concerned about their personal finances as well as the financial situation and economy of our country. Number one for 70% of Americans. I thought, I remember Paul, In one of my favorite epistles of his in Philippians, chapter 4, verses 12 and 13, he gives us a little perspective about how we should look at money and finances. He says, I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. Can you relate to that? In any and all circumstances, not just when things are good, in any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through him who gives me strength, who strengthens me. In other words, I can do all things through Jesus Christ. Now, back back to money and Jesus talking about money. The word he uses there, the Greek word is actually called, it's actually mammon. And I believe the King James version of that scripture uses that word, mammon. We translate it money. More literally, it's stuff. Stuff is what that word comes down to. So what Jesus is saying here is you can't serve God and your stuff. You can't be fully devoted to God and fully devoted to your stuff. They're going to war against each other. You've got to decide which one you're going to be most devoted to, and you can't have it both ways. Now, you know, I'm, I'm sitting here going, all right, can't serve God and money, can't serve God and my stuff, but I love God, but I love my stuff too. Jesus is saying, okay, you've got to decide because when it comes down to it, you're going to be forced to make decisions where you either opt for your God values or your stuff values. And you're going to have to make a decision. Going to have to make a decision. You can't you can you can like both. Jesus didn't say you couldn't like both. And you can say you love both, but when it comes right down to it, you got to decide which one you're most devoted to. God or your stuff. Here's some things that I've learned in my life about worry. First thing I've learned so far is that worry about finances or anything else is a waste of time and related to that is it's a waste of life because time You can't have life without time and you don't have time without life. It's a waste of life. Second thing I've learned is that we're to do what we can do. I mean, we're to sow, to reap, to sow, reap, store in barns, be diligent, be good stewards of what God has provided for us, for sure. We're to do what we can do and then trust God to do what we cannot do. That's just clear biblical teaching from the Old Testament through the New Testament, from Genesis to Revelation. The third thing, and this is a deeper one, if this emotion of worry is associated with the devotion of life, that is, if our emotion is driven by the things we're devoted to, then you have got to ask myself, what is it I'm most devoted to? What am I most devoted to? If you want to know what you're most devoted to, look at what you worry about. What you worry about the most is what you're devoted to. Which means we have the ability and the opportunity to begin to shift our worry by shifting our devotion. That's why Jesus' statement at the end of this section is so, so powerful. Actually, the first time I read it, I I don't know about you, but when I read that, I kind of went, ouch. (laughs) Because he said, the reason you worry is because, he said, you of little faith. You of little faith. So if my worry pinpoints what I'm devoted to, then what am I truly devoted to? And once I realize what I'm devoted to, I got to ask, is that really life? And And if it's not life, maybe it shouldn't have such control over me and be my area of devotion, which is why Jesus started the conversation by saying, oh, yeah, by the way, you can't be devoted to God and your stuff, and if you spend most of your life worrying about your stuff, that's what you're devoted to. Is that life? Is that what life's all about? Stuff? Is that what my time, my precious time here that God has given me is stuff? And if we agree that the answer is no, then what is life? What is worth my time? Back to Philippians 4, where Paul again gives us some instruction here starting with verse 6. Do not worry about anything, but in everything. In what? Everything. Everything. By prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, that's where the worry goes away. The peace of God which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And my favorite verse in all of scripture, finally, brothers, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things what do you replace the worry with because if the worry goes away what do we replace that with what do we devote our minds to whatever is true whatever is honorable whatever is just pure lovely pleasing commendable excellent worthy of praise and it sounds like a Description of Jesus, doesn't it? Every one of those words can be used to describe him. I don't know if you read the upper room. I believe we have copies available. Uh, If you do not, I would highly suggest that you make that part of your daily devotion time if you don't. And it takes very little time to read them, but they are so, so powerful. Uh, It's also available online. And uh, those devotions are available here free of charge, by the way. Uh, just pick up a copy and start tomorrow morning making that a part of your devotion time. I would suggest you do that. This past week, I believe it was Wednesday morning, I was reading The Upper Room and in the midst of last week preparing for this sermon, and this is the devotion. It was on worry from The Upper Room this past week. Listen to this author's take on worry. Worrying, she said, seemed to come so naturally to me. I worried about the past. Did I say the wrong thing, make the wrong choice? And I worried about the future. Is everything going to work out? Will I do the right thing? This pattern made it difficult to enjoy life. For years, I searched for ways to change. I found lots of things that helped, yoga, exercise, books on the topic. My doctor prescribed meditation and contemplative prayer. Contemplative prayer is about listening, offering a prayer, and then focusing on breathing in and breathing out. This allows us to hear the answers God sends. It might not be words that we hear, but rather a feeling of love or comfort. Through prayer, I have come to know in my heart that God loves me, wants the best for me, and is always with me. God takes away my worries and fills me with divine peace and love. In the past, I had been concerned that my issues were not big enough to bother God with, but now I know that God loves every person and wants to help us all. Now when I start that old pattern of worrying, I try to recognize it and offer a prayer. Then I take some deep breaths and wait for the peace of God to fill my mind and heart. While worrying closes me off, feeling connected with God's love opens me up to live my life joyously. Powerful. Powerful testimony. So the last thing I'm going to challenge you with this morning is our scripture lesson this morning was from Matthew 6, verses 24 through 34. Would you, if not every day this week, At least a few days this week, whether it's in your Bible or on your Bible app on your phone or online on BibleGateway.com, however, would you take some time, a few times this week, with a spirit of contemplative prayer and read those words again? Because it was not only our scripture reading for this morning But next week, we will continue using that same scripture passage when we delve into more of why worry. And just let Jesus' words about worry get into your heart. And here's what I predict. If you'll do that, one or two of these verses are going to just jump off the page at you at some point. They did for me. And maybe God will begin to do something in your heart around this issue of worry. Not so, not so we can have a nice little three-part series or a couple of sermons on the, on the subject, but that God would do something permanent in your heart as it relates to worry. So that in the future, when we face areas of uncertainty, oh, the, the uncertainty is not going to go away. Whatever it is that we're worrying about, That uncertainty is not going to go away. That's not what Jesus promised. It may still be there. But we don't have to worry. We don't have to worry. And this final thought, if Jesus is commanding us to stop worrying, do not worry, he said. So if he's commanding us to do that, we don't need to resolve ourselves. Well, I'm just a worry ward. It's the way I am. No. If Jesus commands us to not worry, then there's got to be a way to do it. Right? So that's where we're going to journey from here over the next two weeks. How to do that. And Jesus gives us some very good answers in that uh, 10, 11 verses from Matthew 6. So, would you do that? Would you accept that challenge over the next seven days? Amen? Amen. So, think about those things. Think about these things. Read these verses this week, and then next week we'll pick up there for part two of Why Word. Would you pray with me? Good and gracious God, we, we confess, we come to you and confess our feelings of anxiety and worry, and sometimes it's so intense it can be overwhelming. We know that you are with us. We know that your love envelops us and encompasses all that we feel, that your peace fills us when we submit these things to you, and that your peace surpasses all understanding. So we come and draw near to you this morning. Please still our thoughts. Help us Take each one captive now and allow your great love and grace to cover us. Lord, we lay before you all of the circumstances and the uncertainties and the stuff we have been devoted to more than you and ask for your spirit to move in these things to bring change, healing, and restoration. Thank you that you are the one in whom we shelter. You are the home in which we rest, and you are the arms of love around us. It's in the precious, powerful, and holy name of Jesus we pray. Amen. As we leave this place this morning and go into this world, remember these words. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable. If there is anything excellent, and if there is anything worthy of praise, as you go throughout your week, think on these things. Go in peace. Amen. Okay, the first of three sermons on why worry. Worry is a universal thing. And we'll have part two next week. Continue to read. If, if Take that challenge. Read Matthew 6, 24 through 34 at least a few times this week. And we'll talk about Why Worry, part two next week on Soul Ramblings Podcast. You can get social with us over at Manatee Life Church. We have a Facebook page link in the show notes. Also, manateelife.church is our website. And you can live stream there, 1030 Eastern Time on Sunday mornings connect with us here at soul ramblings podcast on our Facebook or Instagram pages got links in the show notes to those pages and wherever you're listening today if you would click subscribe and leave a comment a rating and a review we would really appreciate that I want to thank you for the gift and privilege of your time today and a last piece of advice at the end of the sermon the benediction of the sermon uh, from Manatee Life Church we just did it was Philippians 4.8, and every week on Soul Ramblings podcast, we end the podcast with the Phillips translation of that verse, and it goes like this. Here is the last piece of advice. If you believe in goodness and if you value the approval of God, fix your minds on whatever is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and praiseworthy. Until next week on Soul Ramblings podcast, I'm Jerry Wicker. Keep the conversation going. Grace and peace. Thanks for listening to Soul Ramblings with Jerry Wicker. Download new episodes every week and if you haven't already, subscribe and be sure to leave us a rating and review. Soul Ramblings is a Tiki Hut Media production.